1: i got to make just a couple quick announcements before I know the announcements have been made, but I have to make a couple quick announcements here before we go to the word of the Lord i want to I want to thank our young people. Uh, I got back today early this morning and I asked about youth convention, and young people, I just want you to know Pastor is so proud of you uh, that you went to Youth convention and just <laughs> reached straight in there and worship God and gave him praise and adoration, and uh, your behavior was exceptional, and thank you for representing Mission Point in a very positive way. Amen. And I'm always appreciative of that. And uh, we had a great conference in Zambia, and uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, left Monday and got home early this morning. And uh, so um, I'm glad to be home. It's a long old flights. So I can tell you that. If you've ever been on the plane for over 14 hours at once, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's no, that's, sitting in the same seat and, and uh, being in the same row and standing up just in the, the aisle for 14 hours is uh, an interesting journey. But God protect us and what a great conference we had. Amen. And so we're blessed tonight. Um, we have an associate missionary, Brother Machete, who is from uh, associate missionary to Mexico with Brother, brother and Sister Dross. Uh, that are in Mexico, and he's with us tonight, and he's going to minister the word of the Lord. Uh, he's from the church in Scarborough, Ontario, but he's been an associate missionary in Mexico. And Brother Machete, you've been traveling our district, and we're glad that you're with us here at Mission Point, and come and share with what God has on your heart tonight.
0: Praise the Lord, everyone. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. I am thankful for another day that I can come and worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thank you, Pastor Carter, for inviting me to speak here today. I was speaking with Pastor Stephen Drost in Mexico, and I told him I've been to Doketown and Chipman and Canaan and McNamee. He said I'm a herring choker now. I don't know what that means, but it sounds kind of cool. But before I share more about the mission work, I would like to speak the word of the Lord. And I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 19 verse 29. Matthew 19:29. Jesus said to his disciples, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. The title of this message is Expect the Impossible. Expect the Impossible. Before I continue, I just want to take a few moments and pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for what you do for us. Help me to speak your word and minister to your people for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. It is a privilege and a blessing to stand before you here today. One thing I've learned on this journey as a Christian is that anything is possible when you know the God of the impossible. And if you have been on this journey for long enough, you have a testimony to share and you have a story to tell. I wasn't always a Christian or a follower of Jesus. I used to be a Hindu and I grew up in the Hindu religion. I was raised in the Hindu religion. Now, if you have ever taken world religions in your class, you would have came across Hinduism, a major religion that originates from India. A belief system that is known for its worship of thousands of idols and deities, which can include plants and animals, rivers and mountains, stars and planets. And as someone who grew up in this religion, I would seek after and pray to various idols and deities depending on the situation that I used to face. For example, when I needed strength in my life, I would seek after the Hindu idol Hanuman. Or when I needed a financial blessing, I would pray to the Hindu idol Lakshmi. Or when I needed wisdom and knowledge, I would seek after the Hindu idol Ganesh i remember during my childhood in india i would visit the hindu temple and give a food offering to these idols and if my family was invited to a religious service i would participate in the hindu ritual known as hoven, where i would offer various ingredients in the fire as a form of seeking after these idols i can still remember the day when my family was invited to a temple service and I attended because I had no other choice and when I got there we started praying and I remember I saw my aunt cry uncontrollably and when I had asked around and I said what is happening to her they told me that she had received the spirit of a Hindu goddess and because I didn't know any better at that time pastor I believed what I was told once my parents moved to Canada They recognize that the Indian community is growing, and they started a Hindu idol business. During their early days in business, they would import many religious supplies and products from India. But after their business grew, they went to China and Malaysia and started developing idols at a lower cost. They are one of the largest importers of Hindu idols in Canada, and I used to help them in their business. That was my job after school. I would go to my dad's store and I would help him sell idols, temples, and any other religious products that one would require or need to worship as a Hindu. And since my dad was an importer, I would go after school and help him deliver all these idols all across Ontario so that, they could, so that the retailers could sell to their local customers. Hinduism was my religion, and it was also my business. During those teenage years growing up in our society, I would spend many hours of the day listening to ungodly music and watching Hollywood movies. The movies that I would watch would expose me to violence and crime, sexual immorality, and all the evils of the world. It corrupted my mind and my life was not at peace. While I was a student at the University of Toronto, in my second year, a friend of mine in class started to talk to me about Jesus, how He is the one true God and that the fullness of the Godhead is all in Him. I learned that God manifested Himself in the flesh, lived a sinless life, and shed innocent blood on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven though it should be me on the cross, Jesus took my place and died for my sins. He was buried and rose again the third day to win victory over sin and death. And all who believe in him will not perish but receive eternal life. And while I was studying the scriptures for myself, I came across what Jesus said in John 3, 5. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then I came across the Acts 2.38 message. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I learned that if I'm fully immersed in water, calling on the name of Jesus, I die to my old sinful life And live a new life for God and if I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit it is by the evidence of speaking in another language or dialect now it was up to me if I wanted to be born again no one could make this decision for me this was my choice to make and while I knew I wanted something more in life it was hard for me to leave behind my family religion I didn't want to disappoint my parents and dishonor my family. But the idols that I worshipped didn't answer my prayers. I would pray to different idols, hoping that I could hear from at least one of them. But none of them would answer. They couldn't rescue me in times of trouble. So I said to myself one day, I've given all these idols and deities a chance. Let me give Jesus a chance. What do I have to lose? Folks, the day I said, Jesus, I will follow you. I felt a huge weight lifted off my life. I felt this peace that I never felt before. And my entire life changed forever. Now, I wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name. So I started to look for a church in Toronto, the greater Toronto area. I went to at least 20 churches, but none of them would baptize me in Jesus' name. They wanted to baptize me in the Trinity, but I wasn't going to compromise on the truth. The word of God is clear. Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one and I wanted to worship the one true God. So I kept looking for a church and one evening in Toronto I found a Pentecostal church that agreed to baptize me in Jesus name. So I was baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sins. I held on to the truth and I found what I was looking for. After that, I wanted to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I prayed for many days, but God didn't fill me with the Spirit. But one day I decided that I'm going to fully surrender my life to God. I'm not going to hold anything back from Him and I'm not going to worry about who is watching me in a church service or what people think that are around me. And when the preacher invited me to come to the front during the altar call, I quickly ran to the front and God filled me with the gift of the Holy Spirit. I was born again and it was the best day of my life. Once I experienced the presence of the living God, I finally had a purpose. I realized that God created us to have a relationship with Him. We were born to have a relationship with God. We are not here to live an ordinary life but an extraordinary one through Jesus Christ. Nothing is impossible for our God. Most people in this world will not understand the plans that God has for your life. You will face opposition when you follow Jesus. My parents were upset that I had given my life to Him. My friends didn't understand me anymore and my family thought that I betrayed the religion that I was born into but Jesus said to his disciples and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life yeah. though I left many people behind to follow Jesus I received a church family that is a hundred times bigger a church family that is all over the world. When you follow Jesus and become part of his church, you have a family. The church is here to encourage and support you. I'm not here to keep you away from what God has in store for your life. I want you to receive everything that God has in store for you. But you have an adversary that wants to keep you away from God's promises. Peter said in First, first Peter 5.8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Folks, you have a target on your life. Satan wants to separate you from the promises of God. When I was young in my faith, he tried to tempt me with the desires of the flesh and the ungodly lifestyle that I used to desire. Your adversary, the devil, tries everything he can to destroy your life but there has to be a determination. There has to be something inside of you that says no matter the struggles that you face, you will not turn back. You are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ and nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Jesus. God has a plan for everyone here today. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And our hope is in Jesus our future is eternal life in my mid-20s i was searching for god's plan in my life i wanted to go to flight school pastor and i wanted to become a pilot i was always interested in flying planes and so i decided i'm gonna go to a flight school in ontario and i'm gonna check it out and i saw the plane i was ready to sign up for flight school so that i could pursue my dreams But I wanted to pray once before I made such a huge commitment. So I went to church the following Sunday or the next Sunday and I prayed. And the Lord said no. Though I heard a no from the Lord, I was glad that I heard from Him. It was better for me to hear a no from God than to hear nothing at all. So I continued to pray for direction. And the Lord answered, I decided to attend Urshan Graduate School of Theology after I finished my secular education. So when the time finally came, I took my savings. I sold my car and my motorcycle that I had at that time. And I still didn't have enough money to cover my expenses. I prayed and I said, Lord, I don't want to worry about finances. I just want to focus on what you are calling me to do. A short while later, I looked at my bank account, and there was some extra money in there. Now, I didn't want to take something that wasn't mine, because that's what I did in my old life. So I looked at the transaction history, because I didn't want to steal, and I picked up the phone, and I called the sender to let them know, hey, look, there's an error, there's a mistake, there's some money in my account that shouldn't be there. But they said they have no record of the transaction with the extra $1,000 in my bank account. I had all the money I needed to buy to go to Bible school. Folks, if God calls you, He will provide for you. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you are willing to trust God and follow Him, He will take care of your needs. He will open doors that you've never expected. He will take you places you've never imagined. There is no obstacle that our God cannot bring you through. There is no power on earth that can take away what God has in store for you. If you humble yourself before the Lord, He will lift you up. Because without humility, you cannot grow spiritually. And Jesus Christ is the definition of humility. Being God, he manifested himself in the flesh, became a servant, and made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself and sacrificed himself on the cross to pay the price for our sins. If God can do that for us, how much more should we do for him? And if I don't humble myself before God, I know he would humble us. Before I went to Bible school, I had a good job and a high standard of living but when I went to America on a student visa I wasn't working for a year so I had to cut my expenses and live on a budget it was hard for me to leave behind my lifestyle and I started to miss my motorcycle at that time too and in my second year I was so tired that I was ready to quit I'm like you know what I can't do this my mind and my body are both tired but before I quit I wanted to just pray once more so I went to church on March 25, 2018, and I asked my friend to pray for me. I had no faith. To, you could say my faith was low, or you could say my, I had no faith. But she had faith because she was healed from a medical condition a few days earlier. So I asked her to pray for me. And not through my faith, but through her faith, I received a touch from God that day. I was healed and restored and ended up finishing one full year of graduate school. Folks, there are times when our faith is low. But the intercessory prayer of someone else can lead us to our miracle. You can receive a touch from God here today. Not through your faith, but through someone else's faith. This is why we pray for each other. In 2018, when I returned to Canada after a year, my bank account was at zero. I had no money. But God provided me with a better job than the one I left behind. He even provided me with a better car and motorcycle than the one I had before. God restored everything that I had sacrificed to follow Him. Following God will not be easy. There will be times when you are frustrated. But God will not leave you or forget you. He will provide for your needs if you put Him first. In 2019 or 20 when the COVID-19 lockdown hit. Many people were starting to lose their jobs and my income was cut in half. I was so stressed that I'm like, I wanna start looking for a new job. But many offices were starting to close. I had a hard time finding full-time employment during the best of times. And I didn't know who's gonna hire me during a pandemic. But all I could do was apply for work since I didn't really have a choice and I prayed for a miracle. A few weeks later, God blessed me with a job with the government of Ontario a job that I couldn't get during the best of times I received during a pandemic David said I have never seen no sorry David said I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread folks there is no pandemic or famine that our God cannot bring us through nothing is impossible for our God and since I had a good job with the government I had a Pretty good vacation package. So I had six weeks saved up since I couldn't really go anywhere and I was cooked up in my basement. And I'm like, you know what? Where should I go? I was tired of all the restrictions in Toronto and all these things. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go to Texas. No mass, cheap gas. So I took off for Texas for six <laughs> six weeks. I had a great time. I was living free as if there was no pandemic. And I remember I was driving in San Antonio one night and the Lord spoke to me. So I pulled over on the side of the street and he said, you're going to be a missionary. You're going to reach more people than the number of idols that you sold for your dad. And you're never going to return to secular employment. Now I'm like, Lord, this is a really good paying job. Are you sure? You blessed me with this job and I don't want to give it back. But he said, yes, I'm sure. So I resigned as a real estate analyst. And I resigned from the Appraisal Institute of Canada to become a missionary. I left my career behind to answer the call of God. When I let my family know what I was doing, they thought I was totally crazy. I became a fool to this world so that I could, so that I could become wise for the kingdom of God. While I was on the mission field one day, I thought to myself, you know what, I wasted so much time. I went to University of Toronto, University of British Columbia, and I spent so many years as an apprentice to get my valuation designation. And while I was praying, the Lord helped me understand that I didn't waste my time, that I wasn't changing careers. All my past experiences was to prepare me for my calling. It was all part of God's career plan for my life. There are times when I try to make sense of things But folks, it's not always supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. Last year, I was in the state of Mexico, and I was invited to teach at a daughter work. So I went, and after I finished speaking, I invited everyone to the front, and I said, look, if you need a miracle, you need the Holy Ghost, I serve a living God, I don't worship idols anymore. He can do the miracle right here, right now. This lady came to the front with her 8 year old son, and her 8-year-old son was suffering from epileptic seizures. The doctors didn't, couldn't help him. And this lady had no hope. She was so stressed. And so she just came in faith to the Lord. And so in her, while she stepped out in her desperation, we're like, let's pray for her. And God healed her 8-year-old son that day from epileptic seizures. And filled this lady with the gift of the Holy Spirit. In her desperation, folks. I know a God who can heal. I know a God that can restore. This is why we're here, because we serve the living God. When the doctors cannot do anything, when there seems to be no hope, we know a God who can do the impossible. This is why this is the highest calling. There is no greater calling than this. Job said, naked I came and naked I shall return. But when you serve the kingdom of God, when you help your pastor, you are not going alone. You are taking someone with you. That is why this is the high calling of God. While I was in Mexico, I asked the Lord one day, Lord, I'm doing all these things. I've made so much sacrifices. I'm teaching. I'm reaching people. And I'm like, Lord, aren't you proud of me? I'm doing such a good job. And the Lord said to me, you haven't even started. That's how much work there has to be done. As someone who came from the Indian background, I knew why I was called to be a missionary, but I didn't know how I would get there. I was praying. I'm like, Lord, why did you call me to this? Why did you save me? Why did you bring me out of the world that I came out of? Because... The path that I was taking would have led me to jail or I would have died. Because that was the path that I was going on. And the Lord brought me from that path and he turned my life around and he healed my mind. And I'm like, Lord, why did you bring me out from this? And it took me many years to understand. Eventually, the Lord wants me to go back to India, the country that I came from. He wants me to go back and reach those people that are worshipping idols like I worship those idols. That is why the Lord called me out of the life that I was part of. And when I found out what the Lord called me for, that's how I became driven. I became driven to help my pastor. I became driven to do whatever it took to follow the voice of God. I became driven to submit to authority, listen to my leaders. I didn't want to do things my way. I wanted to submit and wait for the right time and as i waited i submitted to authority i listened to my pastors the lord started opening doors one by one and he has brought me to this place if i did not submit to god and if i did not submit to authority in church i would not be standing here before you today it is very important for us to submit to our leadership in church because You don't want to burn any bridges. If you burn bridges, you're going to regret it in the future day. Always humble yourself. The Lord said, the more you humble yourself, the more I'm going to lift you up. This is the key, young people. The more you humble yourself, the more God is going to lift you up. And there's going to be no barriers that's going to be able to hold you back. And there's no doors that's going to be able to contain what God wants to do through your life submit to your leadership submit to your parents when i came back here in march i'm like lord i'm going to mexico but he said i want you to start planning for what i'm calling you to do next and i said lord in the future if you're calling me to be a missionary to india i don't want to go there for three months out and in and out and in on a tourist visa if you're calling me, I want to do this properly on a long-term basis. And the Lord said, apply for a, a special visa, which is a lifetime visa to India. And I'm like, Lord, you know, my aunt got rejected because she had married someone from Afghanistan. And my mom, she lost her old Indian passport, so she couldn't get it either. And I wasn't born in India. I was actually born in the Middle East. I was born in Bahrain. It's a country close to Saudi Arabia. And I'm like, Lord, when they see that on my, on my passport, my old Indian passport, they may not give me this visa anymore because they'll be like, you're born in a Muslim country. But I still applied for this visa to India. And in March of this year, I received a lifetime visa to India that allows me to stay there and work there. I don't have to leave every three months. I don't have to leave six months. I can stay there and work and do whatever the Lord is calling me to do. When I was... Speaking with a few people in leadership, my leaders, they told me that India hasn't have, had a missionary for years. And then when I look deeper into it, it's been over three years. India hasn't had a missionary. So I'm like, Lord, this is a pretty big calling that there is no resident missionary in India. But then I realized, you know what? Nothing is impossible for our God. You got to have faith. You got to follow the voice of God. As we enter into a time of prayer, I'm going to invite everyone to stand. And I want to pray for you. If you have a need, if you need healing in your mind or body, or if you would like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you haven't received it yet, God can fill you right here, right now. If you have spoken in tongues before as a sign of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's been a long time since the rivers of living water has been flowing through you and you want a renewal from god guess what god can renew you right here right now Amen. so i'm going to encourage you if you would like to come to the front we can pray in the front Amen. if you would like to stay where you are you can stay where you are but i want you to expect a mighty move of god you took all this time to come here on a wednesday 7:30. you could have been somewhere else during this time But you chose to come here. So you might as well walk out of here with something more than what you came in with. This is what we do, folks. We serve a living God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are good, Lord. You are God, Lord. And there is none like you, Lord Jesus. You changed lives, Lord. You changed lives, Lord. If you hadn't entered into my life when I was 20 years old, Lord, I would be dead and my life would be destroyed, Lord. I would be completely destroyed, Lord. You changed my life, Lord Jesus. You turned things around, Lord Jesus. If it wasn't for you, Lord, where would I be, Lord Jesus? Where would I be if it wasn't for you? I don't even want to think about it, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us, Lord. I thank you for everyone that is here today, Lord Jesus. You are merciful, Lord Jesus. You are good, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the truth, Lord Jesus. I thank you for knowing who you are, Lord, and for having a relationship with you, Lord. No longer do I have to worship an idol or a statue or a golden calf. I can now worship you, Lord, the one and only God, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.